0: How's it going, everyone? This is Derek, and welcome to the Balls, Buckets, and Bull podcast. I'm joined with the original crew after quite a long time, Joey and Ryan, and we're here to talk about the NFC and AFC playoff picture and kind of our predictions going forward. So how's it going, guys?
1: It's going well. Uh, it's good to be back with the original crew. It has been quite a bit, uh, been a minute since we've all been back, and uh, that is pretty much my fault for not scheduling these uh more frequently, Ryan, good to have you back. I'm sorry your Jets are a dumpster fire, as are my Cowboys, but hey, uh, I think that's what we both expected coming into 2018.
2: Yeah, no, I feel like Woody in Toy Story 3, whenever they find him under the bed and he's like, what the fuck is this thing? Like, and then they just send him off somewhere. We've been on break for so long, you know.
1: Gotta dust dust him off, um, and he's already uh, got the explicit tag ready to go, so he has uh, not lost any rust off his game. All right, we will dive right in. It has been a long time since I've talked about the NFL on this podcast, so there is a ton to talk about. We're going to try our best um, as much as we can to get as much info as we can without making this two hours long. So we will start basically with the AFC playoff picture. Right now the Chiefs stand at 9-2 uh, and two after their loss last night to the Rams. We can get into that game later. The Steelers stand at seven two and one. The Patriots seven and three. The Texans seven and three. The Chargers in the wild card spot at seven and three. And the Ravens with that last spot at five and five. I think there's a lot of stuff to talk about here with the AFC. Um, I'll pitch it back to Derek though. Which team? Which out of these six teams you want to talk about first?
0: Um, I don't know. I think the most interesting thing right now is, well, maybe not the most interesting in terms of how they're playing, but I think the AFC South can be more wide open than people are talking about. I mean, the Texans, you know, they're my team, but they keep squeaking by barely winning. Uh, nothing has really impressed me about how we've played recently. Um, and the Colts are kind of on fire. So I, you know, I think that spot could be more wide open, um, than it appears right now because, uh, everyone in the AFC South is kind of playing some rinky dink squads. and yeah, like I said, the Colts are kind of on on a roll here. So um, I don't know. You have any opinions on that? How the, how the Colts are doing versus the Texans? And who you yeah,
1: well, your Texans have won seven in a row after starting zero and three. I would say Deshaun Watson is playing pretty well, coming off an ACL tear. He's got a QB rating of ninety eight point six. The Colts, on the other hand, have also won four in a row. Uh, Ty Hilton looks good. Had a massive game this past Sunday. I would say. That the Colts O-line has quickly turned from one of the worst in the league, if not absolutely dead fucking last, DFL, uh, to might be top three, if not top two in the league. Uh, good work by their GM on their part, um, but I would say you were right, Derek. It is probably a little closer than people think. The records maybe not maybe not quite show that. Uh, the Colts do play the Texans one more time, which could be an opportunity for them to close that gap, but... You know, Bill O'Brien was one of the coaches I thought would definitely get axed at the end of 2018. It just, it, I just think he doesn't make the smartest decisions in today's NFL, which requires that. But if he's going to win the division, he's not going anywhere. Ryan, what do you think about the AFC South?
2: Um, I mean, I, I agree with you guys. I mean, we just saw Andrew Luck have one of the best games um, of the, the season, if not in like recent memory. I mean, he's been out for a while, but we kind of saw vintage Luck here, especially with T.Y. Hilton having that monster game. Um, I could definitely see the Colts catching fire and challenging the Texans for the spot. Um, I really don't really know how the wildcard is going to look. I mean, do we trust the Chargers? I, I don't really trust their record. Um, I don't think they've been looking as good as they have been. Did they just lose to the Broncos, too? And the Broncos are, what, four and six now? So, yeah. And also, the AFC North is kind of a shit show. Um, the Bengals or the Ravens may squeak into a wild card spot, but I really don't like watching any of those teams. So I guess it boils down to those two that we were talking about.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, <clears throat> those are some good points there. But like you said, uh, in terms of the AFC North, the Ravens and Bengals just aren't fun to watch. Ravens won in three in the past four, and I just am I'm not impressed with the Bengals at all. Um, so I think I think the Chargers a snag one of those wild card spots. You know, um, Dolphins they say they're in the hunt, but I don't I don't believe that at all. Especially He's supposed the to be back this playing. week. Does anybody know and when uh, I, Tannehill's yeah, coming and back? Bow, like
1: one last thing on that AFC South. Oh, put okay. a bow, it's really nice to see Andrew Luck being able to throw the ball downfield. It was really concerning when they had to sub him off for the Hail Mary they had uh, earlier in the season, but. He finally looks actually somewhat healthy and can actually throw the ball down the field and complete deep passes, which is good to see because I hate for someone to kind of, you know, miss out on a large portion of their career from an injury. But over to the AFC uh, North, like you're talking about, Derek, I think the biggest storyline probably of the NFL is absolutely that Le'Veon Bell – Holds out, misses out on $14.5 million, will not be allowed to play for anyone this season. He becomes a free agent in 2019 and will be transition, likely be transition-tagged for $9 million. Supposedly, he was willing to come back to the team if the Steelers would promise that they would not franchise-tag him for next year and would not transition-tag him for the offseason, uh, which is obviously a large uh, ask, but... The transition tag allows the Steelers to match any offer he gets in said the, the offseason. Um, but talk about the And then on the other side, James Conner, man, is averaging almost 80 yards a game. He's looked really well. And of course, it's a good, you know, feel good story. Having survived cancer, uh, he, you know, he ha- cuts his hair, you know, for survivor cancers. I mean, the guy seems like a, you know, like a really good guy and has done really well. It's hard for people to look at Le'Veon Bell and not just think he's uh, just trying to get money, which I guess I can't blame him for. But uh, I think he made the wrong decision and we'll look back and realize he made a terrible decision down the road. But Ryan, what do you think about the whole AFC North?
2: I mean, um, especially with the Le'Veon Bell thing, I think it was funny because I live with the diehard Steelers fan right now and he was kind of dreading their – their rush game, they were, he said that, um, it was going to expose them. It was going to expose big Ben because they were going to just stack the box or they were just going to force him to throw it. I mean, they didn't really believe in James Conner, but it kind of kills Bell's value just to be like, Hey, Conner put up almost identical numbers as Le'Veon Bell did in his prime. Like how, how much is he worth? You know, I, I think it, it's um, like a, a big example of how we value NFL running backs and are they really that valuable?
1: I uh, definitely think they're not that valuable, and he's basically making a strong case as to why teams should never pay that much for running back. It's it it truly is just a position that is not easily replaceable, but pretty damn replaceable, especially when you have a good O line, especially when you have good receivers who you know force the defense to play back a little bit. Um, I totally agree with you, Ryan. The Steelers though have won six in a row. They have good wins, I think, versus Atlanta at Baltimore, versus Carolina at Jacksonville. Now. That Jacksonville win, I think, was a good, a big win for them. Uh, it shook off a lot of uh, doubts, I think, that they had within their team based off of last year's playoff performance. But I think the Steelers finally turned it around. They looked pretty bad to begin the season, tying the Browns, uh, losing. Uh, Derek, I think this team should be able to be right there in the mix with the Chiefs and the Patriots, assuming they can keep things uh, all cylinders firing. But what do you think about them?
0: Yeah, no, like you guys said, I mean they really turned it around. I mean, just looking forward with this team, I you know, they've been playing a lot better. But they, you know, their upcoming schedule they got to play Patriots and Chargers, and they're going to have to play at the Saints. Um, I still think they're a lock for the AFC North. Like like we've already mentioned, the division's not that stellar um, as of right now. I don't think the Ravens and Bengals will pick it up. But yeah, they definitely have a few games, tough games going forward. Um, But I think the AFC North, they'll lock it up. And I think they're pretty good favorites to get to the AFC championship game, the way they're playing right now, at least. And while we're
1: in that division, we'll talk about the current six seed, the Ravens, five and five. Lamar Jackson makes his debut uh, almost as a near running back. Runs for 117 yards, only 150 passing yards, no touchdowns, one interception. Looks like Joe Flacco is going to be out for the foreseeable future. And I mean, this quarterback change was expected definitely next year, if not some point this year. Even if he does come back, I don't think that they will want to start him. I think Lamar Jackson has a much higher ceiling and that's what this team needs now at, at its position at five and five, you know, barely in the playoff picture. But I thought it was pretty uh, encouraging to uh, base off his performance on Sunday.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, looking at it, how, if you're going to rush him that many times, I think it's like whenever you get a new car and you just kind of want to kick the tires and see what it is. I mean, I think it's going to be really fun um, watching Lamar Jackson play it Although I I was a little underimpressed by the Dink and Dunk offense, but if they're going to let them run it twenty plus times a game, then I I think I may be watching more Ravens games.
1: No kidding. So we'll move it over to out west for the Kansas City Chiefs, who last night played the L.A. Rams for what many people described as the greatest NFL game of all time. Which I think is funny, Ryan, because I feel like I see that that so, sort of game pretty much every week, multiple times in the Big Twelve. Don't you think?
2: Yeah, I mean, did you? If you watched all the commentary after this, they were calling this a Big Twelve football game or a seven-on-seven seven drill, which is kind of insulting. But hey, I mean, I like high, fast-paced football.
1: So Andy Reid, I think, is going to lead this team to another first-round, or sorry, a, a number one overall seed. It will be interesting to see though if he can actually get this team to win in the playoffs. We seen we saw them underperform versus the Titans last year and let Mariota throw a touchdown to himself. Mahomes on the other hand is averaging over 305 yards a game and this was before last night, completing 67% of his passes. They got they were averaging 35 point game, 35.3 points per game and 423 yards and that and all those were also before last night. This offense is ridiculous, but as you saw last night Tons of penalties. Defense looks terrible. We often see in the playoffs that what wins is a consistent running game, a good defense, and you know, a good smart quarterback play and smart coaching uh, play. This this year of the NFL feels entirely different than I've ever seen. Uh, obviously, the scores are way up. Points, you know, scoring is off the charts. A lot of it has has to do with uh, the excessive amount of roughing the passer calls, you know, the PI calls kind of a change in the way that the NFL has chose to officiate games, but I think it's might be for the better. And I think it's better for the long term, long run. Uh, but I will say that the chiefs look really good, but the defense is very concerning. Derek, what did you think after watching last night's game?
0: That was, that was just an absolutely crazy game. I mean, yeah, there was a, you know, more than a hundred points scored, but I mean, the, the defense was, the defense is responsible for 21 points of that. And, you know, they're giving up that many points, but it's almost like both teams decided to just throw the ball a bunch and just make it just a fireworks show. And I loved every second of it. Um, in regards to how the chiefs are playing. I mean, I, I think they can easily shake that loss off. Rams are one of the best teams in the league. Um, and, you know, there was a lot of costly turnovers from the chiefs in that game. And they still uh, almost had a chance to get a field goal through bad clock management, for Sean McVay at the end. Um <clears throat> Yeah, no, I think they obviously have AFC West as, on a lock. I think it's kind of crazy that they haven't won a home playoff game since, what, like 1994 or something like that? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. And uh, Something about that team, they just can't seem to win, get it done, when it counts. Which, but, which is odd, um, I think. Know, Patrick Mahomes seems yeah, to be. It
1: seems odd to me because Andy Reid is as is known as one of the premier coaches in the league, especially when given time. He has a ridiculous record coming off the bye. I don't have it off the top of my head, but it is very good. Going over to the Chargers side of the AFC West, they're 7-3, and three, currently sitting at the fifth seed. I think they just need to make a couple extra points, and they'd probably be a better overall team, but probably my favorite non-division winner to potentially win the Super Bowl. I think the return of Joey Bosa is huge. Before the loss to Denver, their only losses were to the Rams and the Chiefs. Gordon is averaging 82 rushing yards a game, 49 receiving yards a game, he has developed a premier role in the passing game which i think has helped this offense overall and i think the defense was slowly starting to figure out how to play without joey bosa now they have him Uh, i think the sky is the limit for this team if they can just make their damn field goals
0: yeah um a good good point with the chargers here it's just i I don't know what this team is like you said before the the denver loss uh they were they only lost to you know some of the top teams in the league, so you know I think you're right. I think out of all the teams that would get that wild card position, um, they could go the furthest, but I'm just I'm just not sure. I mean, it's not like the Broncos are terrible by any means, but they should be playing a little better, especially with all their pieces.
2: I mean, I think this is the least sexy team in the NFL. Um, I think they're just all around like kind of above average. Like if you saw the Chargers at a bar, they would be like a like a six and a half with like really good lighting, like maybe I'd do it, maybe I wouldn't. Like, I just don't know what to think. They're just not sexy. This uh,
1: this reminds me of back in the preseason when Ryan
2: basically said, I don't know what to make of this
1: team for virtually every team I brought up.
2: I, I mean, it's a good point. You <laughs> never know until you know. I mean, unless you see like the pass <clears throat> out there, then you're like, damn, Like, I'm, I have to take that home. But other Falcons, teams...
1: I don't know what they do. They kind of have yeah. this lightning and thunder, but I don't know what they're doing. Saints? No idea either. Who even is you that? Know what? Team?
0: If you're in the middle, mm-hmm. you can
2: never be wrong, so.
0: Says the Jets fan. That's, that's a- <laughs> <laughs> You'll be back in the middle one day. I hope so. Speaking God, of the Jets
1: and the AFC East, we'll switch it over to the Patriots. Last team in this AFC picture. I think Gronk is done after this season. He's missed three games with a back injury. He looks like his back is about to break. They pretty much have him playing a right tackle if you will you not even really going out for routes anymore Brady is still playing elite on the other hand 267 yards a game 94.7 QB rating had a very impressive win versus the Packers and Aaron Rodgers but what do you think about Gronk's career Ryan um, what do you think people will look back on it because it's almost certain that he
2: will retire I mean, he's just such a big personality. I wish he would have stayed healthier because I think he would have went down as one of the greats. Right now, I don't know. Like, do you put him in the Hall of Fame? I don't think he's played enough time. I think if he would have been healthy throughout all of his career, it would be a no-brainer. But right now, he's on the fence. But I think that he will be WWE champion um, in the next two years whenever he leaves the NFL. So that's going to be exciting.
1: I can definitely see him doing some movie roles, but as as far as your Hall of Fame question, that's actually a very good point. I don't know. I think he might be one of those lingerers that is always somewhat close to the ballot, but never quite make never quite makes it. I mean, you have a lot of guys. I mean, Jason Witten's going to be up there, and once he's eligible, uh, and that will become before him. So I'm not sure if he's quite worthy of Hall of Fame. I would say it's close, but like you said, Ryan, I just wish he would have played a few more years in his prime. Derek, what do you think about the Pats?
0: Um, I mean, they certainly would love to have Gronk playing uh, better. I, I just wanted to say one thing about the Gronk thing. Even if he doesn't retire, uh, he's, whatever money he's going to want, no team's going to want to give just based on how his health has been. I think the smart decision would be to retire when before it's like catastrophic. But um, just wanted just wanted to throw that in there. He may not be with the Patriots and try and play somewhere. I just don't think it would be a good idea or very wise for another team. Well, and he's come um, out and said, that he "I doesn't think want the Patriots are
1: for anybody but Tom Brady." So,
0: oh, has he said that? Okay, well, uh, yeah. So he doesn't even want to. So it would be wise for him to, unfortunately, uh, maybe retire after this year. Um, AFC East uh, Patriots pretty much have this on lock. I don't think anyone's going to be sniffing them towards the end of the season. Um, I don't know. It seems it seems like they were they had it together for a while, and then uh, they just kind of. Uh, we're playing mediocre for a little bit here, or there, but I mean, you gotta have faith in Tom Brady and Belichick. I mean, uh, anything could happen. This a little team. bit of
1: old news, but something we haven't talked about on this pod yet, uh, as of yet, was the Josh Gordon trade over to the Patriots. I think he has made this team a lot better in the sense that he gives them a legit deep threat. I don't think Chris Hogan is anything what they needed, uh, which has allowed Edelman to get open down the middle, and it's really allowing this offense to function the way I think it wants to. Which is, you know, have options all throughout the field and let Edelman pick up the first downs and be the chain mover and let Gordon be the deep threat and the, you know, primary deep scorer. And then you have James White, obviously, who's a great pass catching running back. Looks like Rex Burkhead is supposed to return soon, who also provides some value. And Sonny Michelle, I think, is back from a knee injury. He's also the running back that they can rely on whenever they choose to go ground heavy, but switching it over to the NFC. And something that has kind of been a common topic topic in this podcast so far is that the offense in the league is tremendously up. The number one team for that, and for me at least, is definitely the Los Angeles Rams, who Sean McVay, good Lord. It's hard to believe that this team looks so mediocre under Jeff Fisher. I mean, it wasn't a few years ago where people thought Jerry Goff was a bust. People thought Todd Gurley was significantly underperforming. And you add Sean McVay, and this team is now second in the NFL in yards per game, fifth in passing yards, and second in rushing yards per game. And I think it's going to lead to a long-term turmoil and transition period in the NFL where these old-time coaches who are used to just preaching hard work and – or not necessarily hard work, but used to preaching, you know, run the ball, play physical, play tough, are going to get flushed out of the NFL – and replaced by these guys who understand the analytics of game theory, who understand the rules of the NFL and know that passing on first down is, is a more is a high quality play passing against a defensive base defense is a high quality play. And that running the ball just straight up the gut is probably the worst thing you can ever do in the NFL. So What do you think, Ryan, of what you've seen from the Rams so far, and do you think it has any long-term impact like I do?
2: I mean, watching the game last night with my roommates, I was sitting there and I was telling them, like, on paper, these two teams are not sexy. Like, they don't have the – well, besides Todd Gurley, maybe an argument for Kareem Hunt. Um, You don't really have the star Julio Jones, Antonio Brown out there, not the tight uh, tight ends or the top-end, like, quarterbacks. You have, like, pretty young guys. These are, like – okay teams but whenever the coaching is there like it it actually improves it i mean this is the new modern nfl where like really field position doesn't fucking matter whenever pat mahomes can sling it 70 yards whenever uh jared goff can go like seven for eight down the field on one drive it just doesn't matter this is the new age and i think whenever it comes to the playoffs you're going to have conservative coaches like harbaugh who they're going to punt it on fourth down and then you're going to have sean McVay that goes for it on fourth down and it's going to be Pretty pretty interesting how we're gonna see a like a shift in the NFL generation.
1: How dare you disrespect Tyler Higby like that? He is a generational tight end talent. But yeah, I agree,
2: he's, I, I agree he's with a, you. Antonio light, 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 light. I guess
1: we are. I agree with you. We are definitely approaching the conflict. I would say of the analytics uh, nerds, as some people call them, uh, versus you know the traditional grind, grind and pound uh, NFL and. It's going one way or another. One of them is going to win out, and I think whatever, whichever one does, that's where we're going to see the coaching changes across the league, and it's going to slowly, sort of turn into a a more flag football, seven on seven type of game that we will see, where it's lots of offense, not much defense, um, you know, not you know slamming against each other every single play, more getting guys in open space. But we shall see. Moving on to the Saints, who look absolutely unstoppable. On both sides of the ball for once, instead of these other teams. And, you know, just really quick the top like teams in the league, as you look at them Kansas City, no defense, Rams, no defense, Pittsburgh, kind of getting there, the Patriots, no defense. The Saints actually might be the only team who has even some semblance of a defense. They are nine and one. I would say Breeze is probably looking at a good MVP chance with almost 3,000 yards already and a ridiculous 25 touchdown to one interception ratio has a 127 quarterback rating. This team is averaging 427 yards a game, 37.8 points per game for first in the NFL. I think they're virtually unstoppable unless a major injury happens because of if they end up getting this first seed, which I think they will, I don't see how you can beat Sean Payton in New Orleans uh, versus this team playing this well.
0: Do you think you think they're going to uh, beat out the Rams? I think for they might just team?
1: barely squeak by. You know, if they don't and they have to go to L.A., then it's a, you know it's a bigger question mark. But if that if that game is in New Orleans, there's no chance, no chance.
0: And there's also that classic point where L.A. you don't really have a home field advantage, or as much as other teams as of yeah. right now, since yeah. it's relatively new, not a great stadium, but yeah. I I
2: don't I don't really know. I think um. Let me guess. I, I think, you don't understand this team. No, I, I actually I do understand the team, and their defense <laughs> is performing like just enough mm-hmm. to where that this team could make a push for a Super Bowl. But I think when push comes to shoves, the Rams D is just a lot better than the Saints D, and the Rams offense is not that much worse than the Saints offense. So I would have to give it to the Rams.
1: Yeah, I mean the the Saints definitely. Sorry, the Rams definitely have the interior lineman. I mean, Dominican and Sue. Uh, obviously, Donald. I mean, they definitely have the superior talent. I just you have all that, and you still give up like forty, you know, fifty points in your in, at home. Uh, it it just gives a lot of question marks. I think Marcus Peters looked like a good cornerback to start the season, but is now getting continually torched. Uh, yeah, but, but
2: then you still have to Talib and Lamarcus Joyner, and the best name in football currently, John Johnson. John Johnson.
1: Is, when is to Talib supposed to be back?
2: Uh, I, I want to say a couple more weeks, but he'll be back whenever they're in the playoffs for sure. That will that
1: will definitely make an impact. I will agree with you there. So let's move on uh, so we can keep this podcast rolling to what I think will – of all the teams we talked about so far, I think this team will be the most surprising. Sitting at the third seed, the Bears, 7-3. and three. Ryan, where do you think the Bears rank in terms of points per game in the NFL?
2: Um, oh God. Um, I I would have to say like maybe 12th,
0: 13th. Derek, what do you think? I think they're surprisingly higher than you think. I think they're like, I don't know, like maybe top five. They are sixth
1: (laughs) in NFL in points per game at 29.3. Their defense is fourth in points allowed per game at 19.5. One of the other few teams that actually has a defense as well as a good offense Trubisky, I think, has looked pretty good. He did suffer a shoulder injury, but is averaging 235 passing yards a game. To go with, uh, it's a pretty good running game, too. 36 yards a game, 20 TDs to 19 interceptions, 97.7 QB rate. This team might be one of the other ones that, if their defense can lock someone down, uh, they can definitely ex- explode. I think they do have the weapons that you can that they need in order to succeed against some of these weaker defenses in the league. Uh Tariq Cohen is definitely explosive. Taylor Gabriel can break good plays. Allen Robbins is a good is a good possession receiver. And I think assuming Trubisky doesn't just absolutely fold into a Swiss cheese in the playoffs, I think this team can go places, but I mean it's hard not to just favor the tremendous teams of the Saints and the Rams.
0: I'm I'm loving what the Bears are doing right now. Matt Nagy's finding a way, even though Trubisky's not the, maybe the most amazing, eye-popping passer in the world. They're finding ways to get this offense. You know, obviously in the top six points per game. Um, I think part of this formula is they have such a great D that maybe they can just keep the other teams' D on the field longer. And with Trubisky and their creative offense, they just kind of wear down teams. I mean. Like you said, um I don't they're not in the caliber of the Saints or the Rams, but I don't think anybody saw them winning the NFC North to begin with. Um and I think they may have this one locked up unless Vikings make some kind of surge. So I, hey, I love it because you know Bears are my second team, and I'm in a nice position of both of my teams are doing very well, so can't make a point. Ryan, what do you think?
2: Yeah, um I will say that their defense isn't the best overall defense, but they take they take advantage of the best opportunities. Um, They're a very opportunistic defense, and that's how they get their points. Also, I mean, I'm biting my tongue because I didn't think Mitch Trubishi was good. I said you can surround him with whatever talent. He wouldn't be good. But what do you know? You get Robinson there. You get him a deep threat. You get him some quick throws, some check screens, and the guy is not terrible.
1: Yeah. You, one thing the Sean McVay thing has taught me is a coaching change can be all the difference in the world. It truly can. Uh, just putting a guy in a good position versus putting him in a horrible position can make him look like two ends of the spectrum. Moving on really quickly, the Redskins, 6-4. and four. I don't want to spend a lot of time here. Alex Smith is out, the, out for the season with a broken fibula. I think this team will quickly uh, go to the wayside, despite uh, the hometown hero at the helm, Mr. Colt McCoy, hook him horns. Uh, they got Mark Sanchez back there, so they'll probably butt fumble and uh, ruin themselves. But Moving on, Panthers, 6-4. and four. Uh, first spot in the wild card, averaging twenty six points a game. Christian McCaffrey's leading the team in receptions. Has definitely taken a step up in this offense with the full season departure of um, Calvin Benjamin. Twenty touchdowns to six interceptions for Cam Newton. I think he's played pretty well. Uh, his ridiculous outfits always are good to see pre game, uh, but. This team might be the, one of the weird ones to peg. I don't know if their defense is good enough or offense is good enough to hang with really anybody in this playoff scenario. I think that the Bears are probably a better overall team. I think the Saints and the Rams are obviously a better overall team. Really, the only one they might be better than is the Redskins. But it's hard to count out uh, an athlete as good as Cam Newton. What would you say, Derek?
0: um with the Panthers I agree with you uh, for the most part I think they're fairly middle of the road I think Cam's found his stride sometimes during the season definitely has higher higher ceiling than we see in the past or at least on that Super Bowl run he's looking a lot like that in some of these games but um I think in terms of the wild card positioning here uh this huge game coming up versus um the Seahawks uh is going to kind of decide and give us a better clearer picture of Um, who's going to be the wild card in the NFC because uh, if the Seahawks do win that game, I could definitely see them having a tie break over the Panthers and having a similar record towards the end. So I'm not, I'm not willing to count the Seahawks out quite yet, but in terms of the Panthers, they definitely, you know, are in good position to snag this year, but how far they will go. Yeah. I feel like the Seahawks
1: finally have found the game they were looking for. I think they're, I believe they're leading the league in rushing. And that's kind of the more the MO they like to search for. But I agree with you. I don't think I don't see them going any further than probably the wild card round. Ryan, you got anything coming on the Panthers or should we uh, finish up here with the Vikings?
2: Um, I just have one quick comment. I liked Riverboat Ron going for two. People are like criticizing him for it, but you know, whenever you go into overtime and kind of play the luck of the coin and if the other team wins, all they have to do is drive down and score a touchdown. I, I liked it.
1: See, I th- I, if I was doing it, though, I just would have had Cam keep it. Just keep it and run it up
2: the Yeah, bay. oh, absolutely. You have Cam Newton, like, the best running quarterback in the league. Of course you're going to give it I to mean, him. I mean, he at
1: least gets one yard on that play, you know? Two yeah, yards oh, out. yeah. Oh, yeah. I just think, like, they they might be the one team, if you had to put it up there, who is better at the two-yard play than anybody else in the entire league. I mean to run an RPO with Cam Newton, Christian McCaffrey, and just put some, you know, or like Greg Olson, you know, right there as like a checkoff option. It's it's very hard to defend that as a defense. So we'll finish up here with the Vikings at five, four, and one. I would say Kirk Cousins has looked good really good in some games and then pretty shaky in others. He's had at least one interception in four of his last five games. Still throwing for over two hundred and seventy yards and has a ninety nine point three quarterback rating. The Vikings defense looks like it's Stabilized, I would say, since uh, getting pretty trounced by the Bills. (laughs) They are 11th in scoring with 22.9 points per game, 5th in total yards, 4th in receiving yards, and 6th in rushing yards. This team, if they can finally just get their pieces, I mean, they have all the talent. They have Dalvin Cook. They have Stephon Diggs. They have Adam Thielen, the number one receiver in the league right now. They have all the talent they need to make a run at it. Uh, They just have underperformed pretty significantly in some key spots I think
2: yeah I mean I I agree um I don't I don't think Kirk Cousins is bad on this team um I I like I really like their offense especially with their receiving core it's just because like if you if you focus on uh on Thielen then you get uh, Diggs who gets a reception just like we seen last game and you can only focus on so many people I think the biggest issue with this team is what is Dalvin Cook like what is he he hasn't been good this year um he's been good in previous years but he's been injured and i th- i think we it's time to figure out what he is
0: yeah well, like how how good is he going to perform going forward um is a really good question here um i mean I, like you like you said they certainly have the personnel and you know if everything's clicking they can definitely make a run here but <clears throat> they have a fairly tough schedule coming up um But if they can squeak out a couple, um, they have to play uh, Patriots in their field, and uh, they got to play the Seahawks in their field. So um, uh, tough schedule going forward. But uh, that last game of the season with the Bears coming to Minnesota, that could be that could have some really, really strong implications on the playoff picture. um, And could be really. All right, that is enough
1: NFL. It is almost Turkey Day, fellas. Let's wrap up with some quick fire topics. Didn't even plan this for the episode, but why not? couple things I think are discussed is Wednesday before Thanksgiving the besides the Super Bowl, the day that Americans probably drink the most on.
0: Okay, so for me, we are since it's family day and all that and all my friends came from Katy, we're going to travel to Katy the night before. So we're already in town. We don't have to make the drive the next day and party at the shittiest bars we grew up at all through high high school growing up. But, you know, the, the kind where you walk out smelling like an absolute fucking ashtray. You know the worst, grimiest places. Just you know, for good old times' sake, throw it down once again and be hungover for Thanksgiving. But what I will say is, I don't. I can't remember the last Thanksgiving where I wasn't hungover. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but yeah. Oh, it's perfect. You throw it down the way. Get drunk,
1: wake up, turkey stuffing, football. How does it doesn't get more American than that? Ryan, do you even celebrate Thanksgiving? Oh.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm not flying down now, so I'm just kicking it in Philly, but I am going to drink my ass off tomorrow, Um, so yeah. On a side
0: note, what's y'all's favorite Thanksgiving food? Derek? Mm, I don't know, man. I'm a big fan of pumpkin pie but that's a dessert uh my mom makes this fire cream corn that is like my favorite d- dish which is i know it's kind of random but i'm not a big stuffing guy and you know turkey and mashed potatoes and stuff like that you know those are just staples it's kind of boring to say shit like that
2: well i i feel attacked because i was gonna go with mashed potatoes because if you get like the perfy creamy con- concoction with some gravy on top that makes my fucking day for sure
1: yeah that's a good one i'll go with sweet potatoes here uh, those are delicious and definitely a good uh change up off of uh the very chalky mashed potatoes
0: with, with, with that brown sugar and marshmallow. Yes. That's a absolutely good choice, um, awesome. anything else you guys
1: want to talk about before we get out of here.
0: Dude, okay. One thing, like you know, whoever's listening to his podcast, if you know what Joey looks like, he looks exactly like Mitchell Trubisky. Like, okay, our buddy pointed this out not too long ago. He looks exactly like. Him. I mean, geez. throw Joey in on the field, man. Let's see, let's see if he can make some plays. It's I just, might have done okay in a couple
1: college intramural games, so you
0: never know. I wish you could like supply a picture to the episode because that side by side comparison. Brian, you got is anything? Classic
2: um make thanksgiving sexier uh it's like the least sexy day out there like even christmas you got like slutty elves and stuff but i've never seen a slutty turkey or slutty indian or slutty pilgrim make it sexier
0: huh yeah think about it seriously well dude everybody everybody's dressing everybody's dressing up all night it's like you know these girls have these thanksgiving uh, outfits planned for like months so I mean you know they're they're out there looking good they're just not looking slutty so I guess you're sort of right but they could do that the Wednesday night yeah. when we're all partying that's a good point slut it up a little bit though yeah.
1: people enjoy your time off enjoy your family or don't avoid them whatever you got going on we will be back hopefully before the playoffs start hopefully get these things rolling out a little more frequent get the schedules ironed out for Derek for Ryan I'm Joey enjoy your turkey folks